Well, I do know what people expected. They expected a horror anime, and they got a comedy. An idol show, even. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. With We've been tricked. We've been duped, Alex. everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight I have our poser extraordinaire Nitai. Hello, 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 hello. I got nothing creative for the intro tonight, it's just me, again. You don't have to worry though, because you don't have to compete with show. That's very true, I mean. Because <laughs> no one can. Yeah. Yep. There's no, no there's no, no bar to be to to try and go beyond. It's just no, me under No a further blanket. beyond with him. Exactly. It's me, Porco <laughs> Blanket engaged, talking about <laughs> shitty studios. It's great. Do you We're wanna tell business, everyone boys. why? Do you wanna tell everyone why you're under a blanket tonight to record? Oh, I'm just under uh, not under oh my god. Nice. Uh I'm back at my parents' place for this recording. So, you know, no isolation box this time, just me and a blanket in a dark room. Uh, just the the perils of being the tie. <laughs> yeah, life's great, you know. <laughs> sometimes, if sometimes you find yourself just like, just like thinking about the situation you're in and thinking to yourselves, where where have this all gone wrong? Well, let's find out where it all went wrong because tonight you and I are going to be talking about Studio Mappa. Uh, this is the third of our studio retrospectives. It, it it's been a while since we did our last one, which was on Studio Trigger. Mm. Um, I, I feel like we should do more of these going forward because I actually enjoy talking about different studios and the works that they do and how they operate yeah, um, and a little bit of their history. Um, so, you know, after watching this uh, or and or listening to this, uh, if you have any ideas for studios you would like to hear us talk about their history and their works that they've done, uh, do let us know. I know that, Natai, you and I have talked about doing Gainax at some point. That, that'll be an interesting one to talk about for sure. Or we'll just talk about Evangelion for like 50 minutes. <laughs> oh, hey, look, it's the Evangelion spoiler cast we've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah, I know, time. right? Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I know someone else has wanted us to do Madhouse, which uh, there's definitely a Madhouse link in uh, into Mappa, which is what we're going to be talking about. Um, yeah, there's a couple other studios I think we've we've talked about doing. But yeah, if you enjoy these, let us know. And do let us know if there are any other studios you would like for us to talk about going forward. Um, that being said, let's actually talk a little bit about the history of Studio Mappa. Mm-hmm. Um, so Studio Mappa as a studio was founded on June 14th of 2011. So that means they just celebrated their 10th anniversary just very, very recently. Congratulations, for sure. Congratulations. Uh, you're not legal yet, Mappa. <laughs> Give it okay. a little more time. Give it eight more years. <laughs> well, I guess seven more years in Japan. Um, uh, but it was founded back in 2011 by Masao Maruyama, who was the founder and former producer at Madhouse, Studio Madhouse. No, this guy uh, is a legend, honestly, because he worked with the, like, he, 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 he works, I mean, he's like, uh, like, what you say, Kalo goes all the way back to Astro Boy, where he was also working on that as an animator. Like, the yeah. guy, the, 
the guy is a legend in the industry, honestly. Yeah. Um, in fact, it, it's funny because uh, we're actually recording this on June 18th. His birthday is June 19th. Oh, shit. Uh, 1941. So that means he will be 80 years old by the time this episode goes out. Yeah, it's it's funny. He's like He also worked a lot with uh, Miyazaki, which, just like him, is still alive and kicking. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, it's an interesting generation for sure when it comes to animators. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, he, it, it's funny because he has gone, besides working in the anime industry for as long as he has, he has been the founder and or co-founder of three different anime studios now. Madhouse, MAPPA, and now Studio M2, which is a relatively new studio that's only worked on a couple of different projects as of the time of this recording, uh, which we might talk about. Uh, a little bit here but um yeah i mean the, so i didn't know this I, I knew that mapa was an acronym i never knew what it was an acronym for until mm. we, i was researching this apparently mapa stands for maruyama animation produce project association yep dude put his name on it and then left it <laughs> which as soon as what like m2 maybe stands for maybe maruyama 2 maybe I don't know what M2 stands for. Um, but yeah, um, see, he actually did, Mariyama himself did leave the studio in 2016 to found Studio M2, as we said. Um, the new president and CEO of the company is Manabu Otsu- Otsuka, who mm-hmm. is, or who was the producer of Yuri on Ice, which is one of their first really big, huge hits that MAPPA did. Um, but we'll get to your nice for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely inter- get to that. Very much a turning point for the studio. Yes, for sure. So the thing about Mappa is when it was founded, uh, Mariyama basically came out and said that he wanted it to be a place where creativity could flourish and different creators, whether that be you know producers or or head animators or or writers or whatever, could realize their visions. Yeah. It's um, very much just just like how we found in Madhouse as a place for him and his buddies to create cool shit. Um, when Madhouse started to change and was bought by, a, I, I don't remember which company it was, but it was bought out. And he saw like the working environment change and how like, the philosophy behind how they approach different projects change. He was like, I just want to go back to create cool shit with people I like working with. So... That's how why he broke off and created Mappa, honestly. Mm. Um, and you can definitely you can definitely say that they were living up to that standard, especially in their first few years, um, because if you look at some of their the the anime that they worked on back then, I mean, you got stuff like they came right out of the gate with Kids on the Slope, which I don't know if you've seen it in a tie. Not yet, but it's I really want to. It's from Shinichiro Watanabe from Cowboy Bebop fame. It's one I yeah. really want to check out. Yeah, um, it, it's it's really great. It reunites Watanabe with Yoko Kano for the music. Mm. Uh, great jazz and jazz and swing inspired soundtrack in that anime. Um, I highly highly recommend Kids in the Slope if you haven't seen it. Uh, but that was their first uh, their first proper anime production. Uh, granted, it was a co-production with Tezuka Productions, but still, they came out of the they came out of the box swinging on that one. Now, I can't say that Kids on the Slope was a huge financial success, but it was certainly a critical success at the time, and still yeah. is. Um, and again, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe is 
a fucking legend at this point, I think. So, I mean, what a great, what a great way to start off, like with your first mm-hmm. production, right? To get yeah, out, to, sure. to to get with someone like Watanabe for your first production. Um, yeah, yeah I, for I, sure. I, it, like I say, if you haven't seen it, de- go watch Kids on the Slope. It, it, it's really good, especially if you like, um, if you like this slow, slower paced slice of life anime. And in general, like anything Watanabe touches, is something that's like it's worth giving a shot. I mean, maybe one day we'll do an episode dedicated to the guy, but because he by himself created so many memorable shows. Oh, for sure, for sure, he'd definitely be someone worth talking about the works. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, in the um, if you look at like their first, I don't know, dozen or so anime productions that they worked on, something you'll see in there peppered throughout is the term original work. Um, they, at the very beginning of their tenure, uh, and still a little bit to this day, have never really shied away from anime original works. And mm-hmm. that's something, I think, in the beginning that really separated them, that they weren't afraid to take these risks. Because if you think about it, uh, taking on an anime original work as an anime studio, huge risk, because it doesn't have an established fan base. Because if you're working with something from a manga or a light novel, it's going to have some kind of established fan base that are probably yeah. going to watch your anime regardless. It's a much harder sell, for sure. But yeah, original works are significantly harder sells. They're harder to get funding for. It's, just, it, 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 it's harder all around because you don't have all this built-in hype for it. It's also um, worth mentioning that it seemed like they're, in their first few years, there were, I don't know if to say, yeah, it, it were sort of more picky with their projects. Like they were, they made some, they made some, but they weren't a whole lot. They just it, it felt like they made their projects they wanna they they believed in and wanted to make. Whether it, it turned good or bad, that was not the point. The point was they believed in something and just went for it with like they just tr- like poured their hearts into it. You know? Yeah. It, well, in that sense, especially the early years, really reminds me of how um, Kyoto Animation operates, where they're very picky and choosy with what they take on. Mm. Um, I think it's because, well, there's prob- there's several reasons that, that KyoAni is like that, um, mostly because they've been around for a long time and they've garnered a lot of trust within the industry. Uh, but it, it's something that when, when MAPPA first came around, it really reminded me of how Kyoto Animation operates in that regard, where... Um, they didn't just take anything that was thrown at them. It's like, no, we're, we're going to say no to this, no to this, maybe to that, definitely yes to this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it was great to see in the beginning because there was not, it, it, unlike how they are today, where it seems like there's a two or three map anime coming out every season, you were lucky if you got two or three map anime a year. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to MAPPA nowadays, but it definitely seemed in the past in the last few years they've been like just like taking any project project they like they were asked to like doesn't matter what project it is yeah we'll do it we'll do it we'll get it done and it leads to some really packed years with a lot of work they've been like doing and we talked about many times about in this show about like how the how the animators are treated in the anime industry but it's kind of it's kind of crazy how much work they're putting into shows and multiple shows every season. It's mm. insane. And MAPPA is one of the biggest studios that are doing it, just taking on so many projects. So, But we'll get yeah, to probably that. Probably too many projects, but mm-hmm. we'll, like you said, we'll get to that. Um, I, one, one work I definitely want to highlight from their early years also is another Watanabe work is Terror and Resonance. Another um, original. 
an, yeah, an anime original work by Watanabe. Um, I think one thing that this anime is known for, sadly, is the English in it. Um, <laughs> it's it's. I don't know. For any time I talk about it with someone, it, it seems to be the first thing they always speak to about it. I'm like, yeah, it's funny, but it's there's so much more to this anime, and I I really love Terran Resonance. You know, crappy English notwithstanding. Also, a uh, Yoko Kano OST, a really good mm, one. Yes. Yeah. Um, those two love to work together. They they Watson bring the best in each other, honestly. Yeah, um, but yeah, an- another anime original work um, that I, again, it's one of those things where it was the risk reward thing, where this was an original work. No one really knew anything about it going in, except Watanabe was doing it and Yoko Kano was doing the music, and it kind of worked out because I think it was it was somewhat of a critical success at the time um and it was but again not a huge financial hit right no 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 um and then you know after that you have um garo which they've done several seasons of that at this point which has worked out pretty well for them i think mm-hmm. um i have Don't... never seen that i've never seen any of the the seasons of garo but people who have tell me it's actually pretty good so i'm it's something i probably need to mm, get into Garo's... at some point Kara is interesting specifically because how it was uh, it was given. Um, what was the director that we listed on, uh, for Garo? Uh, oh, da, 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 well, the, the the first season was the first, Yuichiro Hayashi. And now, yeah, Hayashi. It's now this one specifically from what I looked up and uh, what I read, it seemed it was given to him as sort of like a testing ground for CG animation, which it utilizes a lot. And you can see how specifically for Yuichiro Hayashi, who later would direct uh, quite a lot of uh, Mappa's works, uh, he would really specialize a lot in like shows that would use more more CG interaction scenes, you know. And so yes. it's interesting. Well, again, may- maybe that one is not a. I, I, it's not an original. Obviously, it's based on source material, but they still like went ahead and gave it like a sort of like. It was a project for them to test out like the CG animation because they knew it's a it's a new tool that need that they need to learn and utilize because it'll be useful for them obviously to enhance yeah. some shows if they do it well. Uh, so again, it, it, they didn't take on it just because oh you know you were asked to they were take, they took the project as like a testing ground to check for to like learn CG as an animation form you know. Yeah, for sure. And actually, if you look at the works done by Studio Mappa, that's a name you'll see a lot, come up a lot, Yuichiro uh, Hayashi. Yeah. Um, I mean, even up to today, I mean, one of the, he was one of the two co-directors, I guess you could say, of Attack on Titan's final season. Which, again, utilized a lot of CG, and by that point, he's been working in Mappa for almost 10 years. So, you know, yeah. that team knows how to work with that format of animation yeah he he's probably the closest thing mappa has to an in-house director at this point mm-hmm. um, he's definitely the one they tend to use more often than not him and that recently, and uh, that yeah. and jun shishido also recently uh, sungo park for specifically god of high school and uh, jujutsu kaisen has been like really getting like bringing out these like really big hits um mm-hmm. But he specializes like it seems his his work focused more on like that uh, super like heavily cor- like like positively heavily choreographed fight scenes specifically with 2D animation that look amazing by the way. But yeah, he's also like been 
popping up a lot lately in their portfolio. Mm. Um, but speaking of original work, something else that they worked on was uh, Punchline, which is another really good anime you should watch if you haven't yet. So you've watched it? I have. It's it's obviously been a while because I watched it while it was airing. But mm. I know it's weird, but I was curious about that. It's it's a super weird anime, but I highly highly recommend it. Um, I mm, it's just weird. I I don't know any other way to describe it besides weird. I want to give a real special shout out to uh, and I, I linked the video in the doc, and I think I, I sent it to you when it uh, when it uh, came out maybe a month or two ago. Uh, but there's a YouTube channel called Canopy Effect, which they talk a lot about animation and anim- animation studios. And mm. A lot of this uh, discussion we're having is also like in relation to that video because he discusses a lot of the history of uh, Studio Mappa. And one of the interesting things he, dis- he talks about is how in your early years, Maruyama pretty much was like, as the head hunch of the studio, people would come to him and and say, hey, I got this project I want to do. And pretty much if he greenlit it, then you could do whatever the fuck you want. And very interestingly, even though he's, you know, from the older generation, he greenlit Punchline, even though it is such a weird show and probably not something that maybe is, like, to his taste, but he believed in it. And the and the guys who pitched in, who pitched, like, making the show, and he greenlit it because he believed in his staff, you know? So again, really, really different culture from nowadays in Mappa. Oh, for sure, and it and it highlights that what the studio was allegedly founded on, like letting the imagination of creators run free. Like if you can come to to Maruyama with an idea and you can sell it to him, no matter how ridiculous that idea might be, as in the case of something like Punchline, he'll probably greenlight it if he thinks number one the idea is good and he believes in your talent as an artist. Yeah, which says I mean says a lot. I mean, I really wish that more anime studios are run that way because I mm-hmm. feel like if they were, number one, we wouldn't be getting a deluge of anime every single season, but we'd also be getting a higher quality product more times than not. Yep, definitely. I think so, at least. Um, yeah. Uh, so moving on from that, I mean, they had a, a couple of other works uh, that they did in the meantime, but probably their biggest hit or their first really huge hit was 2016's Yuri on Ice Mm. Um, that again was an original work and that's one of those things like I I, it's another risk reward thing they took a huge risk on Yuri on Ice right granted they got Sayo Yamamoto on board who she is as far as I can tell pretty damn good at what she does like she doesn't work on a ton of stuff but when her name gets attached to it you can be assured that it's going to be quality oh this was like a like a passion project for her um, oh for sure she for sure. she like went for different studios and no one wanted to take it and but then like she approached mappa and they believed in it and gave her the platform to realize her vision for it and for sure and it was i i, I it, like we like i can't stress it enough when the show aired it was huge like you couldn't escape it anywhere like Everyone were talking about it. Everyone were gushing about it or even hated it, but everyone were talking about Uranus when it, when it came out. Yeah. And, like, th- the whole thing of it coming up, Uranus coming about is it, it's sort of a co-production with um, uh, Mitsuro Kubo, who wrote the story. 
Mm. And she came to Saya Yamamoto with the idea, and then Saya Yamamoto came up with character designs for all these characters. And then they, from what I can understand, went to Mappa with it, and then they're like, yeah, this sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then they yeah. got to work on it together. Um, huge risk, because think about this. It's an original yeah. work. Um, it's a, you're, you're marketing it as a sports anime, but it's a sports anime about figure skating. Like, I can't imagine, even even though the people who like figure skating are very passionate about it, I can't imagine that it would have broad mass market appeal just from that word alone, figure skating. I mean, the Yaoi fan base, though, it's, okay, it's yes. very strong. I, I, I get it, but I'm just saying if you're marketing it on just on those two things, sports anime, figure skating, yeah, like that's a tough sell. Oh, for sure, for sure. But it's a huge risk, and you can actually you can look at if you watch the show today, you can tell that a lot of work went into this, and I have to imagine a lot of money was poured into this too because of how good the animation is. Now, granted, it's not great throughout the whole thing. There are times when it's not so great. But... Also, it was kind of a mess just the scheduling of that show. Like I, I remember when like it, it aired, and a lot, of, and after that, like after it finished airing. There were news coming out about how it was pretty much every episode was almost done at the last second of like it been aired. You know, it was super hectic and super stressful and really yeah, pushed I, the I team to their limit, honestly. I don't I don't remember exactly the time frame, but I, I remember reading an article that came out uh, shortly after the anime itself finished airing that said that final episode was sent like to the station that was like the finished episode was sent to the station that aired it like three days before it aired. Mm. Yeah. Which is not ideal. Crazy to think about. It's not ideal. Like keeping that schedule for 12 weeks or so is not great. Uh, I can't even imagine the stress the animator had to go through while working on it. But again, it was a huge hit. So it sort of, maybe seem to them to like the studio as like being worth it you know it's okay getting your your entire staff so stressed out and work to the bone you know because it was a money maker for them oh yeah for for sure for sure and and like you said um this shit was everywhere while it was airing yeah um, in fall 2016 like i'm looking right now at some of the other stuff that was airing fall 2016 and about the only other thing I can think of that has had at least any kind of impact to me from that season is March comes in like a lion. And that was a very low-key sort of impact on the community. Yeah. And there were other there were other anime that, you know, you look back on them now. I'm looking at the season chart for it right now. There were other anime that came out at the same time that you're thinking, wow, this is some pretty good anime. No one was talking about it back then. Yeah. I guarantee you no one was talking about it. Like, even the biggest, like, even Mob Psycho, which was huge in 2016, even that was, like, when Euronice came out, it quickly, like, I don't know if overshadowed, but it just couldn't escape, like, you, you couldn't escape Euronice. It was everywhere. Mm-hmm. For Like, again, not even talking about the quality of the show, it just in terms of popularity, everyone was watching, everybody were talking about it. Even if you weren't watching it, you heard about it constantly. Yes, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned the crunch that was, you know, enacted to make this thing happen. Um, I think that's the point where MAPPA started to go downhill. 
um, not with that project in particular, because obviously it worked out for them, right? It was both, a, it was a huge criti critical success. It was a huge financial success for them. I feel like if Yuri on Ice had failed at, at you know, being the work that it was, mm -hmm. it, I think MAPPA would be a totally different studio today. Um, because the thing about it is they, they, started implementing that crunch for Yuri on Ice. And of course, this was back before, I guess, people were humble enough or studios were humble enough to say, hey, uh, we got to delay this airing. <laughs> yeah. Because they do that constantly now. Um, because they just can't keep up with all the production. They, they're they like just taking on. They, they, they can't do it. But um, I, I feel like if, if this hadn't worked out, they might not have done that because because this worked out, they got it into their heads for some reason that this was a viable solution for working going forward. Now, yeah. granted, it wasn't it it didn't happen immediately, but you can see it over the next couple of years after Yuri and Ice aired, um, that starting to creep into more and more and more of their productions where um, they were taking on a lot of a lot more stuff than they were than they had been previously. Also, and they were they were the the deadlines for them getting done were getting closer and closer to the air dates. Also, very important to note is 2016 is the same year, and I I, I can't remember I haven't checked the date specifically, but I think it was after Yuri on Ice. Um, the uh, Maruyama left the company and and left to create M2, but he pretty much quit Mappa. Yeah, it was it was in 2016. I don't know what what the actual date in 2016 was that he left. Um, oh, it, well, I don't have an actual date, but it does say April 2016. So it was before Yuri and I oh, even okay. aired. But Yuri and S might have been like already in production while it was happening. I have no doubt that it was in production. I know it had been announced by then because I remember Yuri and Ice being announced in the winter season of 2016. Yeah. And important uh, to note that the producer of Euro Nice, Manabu Atsuka, we mentioned before, uh, took on as the new president of the company once Maruyama yeah. left. And a lot of changes were happening in 2016 for them, for sure. Yeah, especially going into 2017. Um, so with 2017, they come in uh, with another anime that I like, another Hayashi-directed uh, anime, that's Kakegurui. Which mm. I fucking loved. I love everything about Kakegurui. It, it's it's weird. It's crazy. It's about gambling. Um, it's literally the main character is someone who gets sexually turned on by be by gambling. What can you? What's not to like? It's definitely a show that exists, and I have nothing to comment. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if if we're not like Kakegurui Kake is worth watching simply for all the crazy reaction faces. Mm, for sure. I there's the famous pose of her just like with her hands to her like cheeks or whatever, smiling like a crazy bitch. Like it's like okay, that's a very strong image, I suppose. Imagine that at least once every episode. That's Kakegurui. Shoutouts to 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 that OP because that OP is mm. fucking amazing. I haven't watched the show, but that opening is incredible sequence. I absolutely adore it. It is. I don't know if Mappa actually did the OP. I think I think it's even directed by Sayo Yamamoto, if I'm not is mistaken. It? I think so. I might I might be wrong with that, but for some reason I remember reading that. But I'll have to I'll I have to double check. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. Um 
quite a lot of Yuri, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, 2017. I'll show you, Yuri. Uh, uh, 2017 was really like you. You could see how like the first few years they would release some shows, but then 2017, bam, they would release in, release is like almost every season they would release a show in 2017. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like and you had Kakigurui in the summer. You also had Shingeki no Bahama, the second season of that, in the spring. Yeah. Altair in the summer as well, and Inuyashiki in the fall of 2017. Yeah, in- Inuyashiki is another good one. Um, That's that another did. one based on a very popular manga, right? It is. I, I don't know. I don't know how popular manga is. Um, I'd have I'm to very go popular, but it was like very. It's very, uh, very critical. Like it. It's a critically acclaimed, acclaimed manga, yes. yes. Uh, that, yeah, for sure, it, it is. Um, and it's got that, um, it's got this theme that I, I've liked a lot about the aging hero. Um, I don't know, for some reason, I, I really like stories about, like, the aging hero who's trying to, like, recapture, um, I don't know, recapture... Their youth? Not not youth. I know that's the phrase, but <sighs> recapture the... the essence that made them a hero like they, mm. they've gotten older they can't do the things that they used to do and they don't feel like a hero anymore even though they may be regarded as one mm. um if there's a word for that please let me know um but also, yeah like that's another one great fight sequences in that that anime too mm. but yeah 2017 was really stacked for mappa yeah that was when that was when they really started to pop off as an anime studio and i think a lot of that was fueled i mean obviously some of these things that came out in 2017 were already in development before yuri on ice even aired but i feel like the success of yuri on ice really drove them to like they, they feel like they can do that with everything they put out and i'm like no you're not gonna, not everything you put out is going to be a yuri on ice it's not going to be an anime that's going to be everywhere all the time yeah and what's what's so funny to me is like as stacked as their 2017 was, then they go into 2018. They only released two anime that year. Yeah, they, I think they released a few. Like, I think like I don't. By the way, we were like we we got this dog going on here with the list of all these shows. Like I I definitely uh, trimmed some of the shows they've been working on because like at least according to Mal, um, they also list a whole lot of OVAs and stuff like that. But it's like it's not as like a big like big productions you know um mm. but the most notable of 2018 were definitely banana fish and uh what was the other Zombieland one saga. Zombieland saga how yeah, could you so forget like, Zombieland saga yeah so, <laughs> I know right so 2018 was also it was a good year but that's that's the interesting thing like because we we like we talk about how they took on a lot of shows but they still managed to keep that sort of like it's not like it's not like JC staff where they take on a shit ton of shows, but and but you you see how much the quality is like kind of like taking its toll on them because again, 2018 you got both Banana Fish and Zombieland Saga. Both, I mean, I haven't seen Banana Fish. You've seen it, right? Oh, I have. I absolutely love it. I also yeah. love the manga that it's based on. And that one was a really quality show. And Zombieland Saga, for all of its flaws, it again it's a very unique, original, very much fueled by its creative vision even though mm-hmm. it is kind of like <laughs> i i can't remember that when i read that but i read an interview with the director was like yeah zombie saga was a lot of fun to work about we were kind of winging it at some point because it was so hectic just scheduling that show the Which, whole the, let, let's be honest it, it it plays into the the, the anime itself because the anime is hectic as hell yeah i know right um 
But yeah, that was another like a surprise. I don't want to say surprise hit, but it kind of was. It, it. I don't know what people. Well, I do know what people expected. They expected a horror anime, and they got a comedy. An idol show, even. Yeah. That. Well, okay. Yeah. With we've been tricked. Anime. We've been duped, Alex. I don't think I've ever been happier to be duped like that, though. Oh, oh for sure, for sure. I, I agree. And, and it's funny. We've talked about that before. How like they they pulled the wool over everybody's eyes with the marketing for Zombieland Saga. Yeah. Because if you if you if you go back and look, like all the marketing leading up to the premiere of Zombieland Saga was um they made it look like it was gonna be uh a a horror anime like a, a, it had it had tags on it horror psychological all kinds of crap like that but then like the second it aired it everything changed like it's this happy-go-lucky idol-based comedy and it works it fucking they played works us like a damn fiddle <laughs> it, you know because and that was so also a little... big hit right it, oh, Zombieland Saga was a huge hit. In fact, as we're recording this, the second season is airing. Yeah. Um, and it's really good from what you say. I haven't <laughs> watched it yet. Uh, um, but um, what was I going to – oh, so like leading up to it, I didn't know what to expect either. I was halfway expecting this to be like an anime adaptation of the live-action film Zombieland. Yeah, I know, right? It seemed like they like they might be connected. I I even remember the first poster there is this, of the of the house and it's all like like just really gritty and scary and it's like, "Oh, I wonder what this show is about." But then mm. the moment like the first episode hits like, "Oh, new poster. It's just zombie idols." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, "Yep. Pretty much the what show." What great what th- that must be one of the best marketed anime ever though. Like or at least one of the most creatively marketed anime I've ever seen. I mean, especially it's, with those live-action uh, uh, commercials that or previews that Mamoru Miyano did. I don't know if it if it tops the 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 marketing for Madoka Magica, but it's it's still pretty damn good. Oh well, the marketing for Madoka Magica is legendary. <laughs> yeah, point. for sure. Come watch uh, our just a wonderful show about magical girls. Definitely, nothing's gonna happen. Oh look, it's Garanobuchi. I'm sure. Just a cheerful, wonderful show. Death and destruction. Pretty much. <laughs> oh man, that but, uh, yeah. That, to, hmm? I was gonna say just with finishing up with Zombieland Saga. Just yeah. I, I, I have never been more thrilled in my life to be lied to about marketing. Same, same. I'm definitely there with you. <laughs> uh, 2019 though was was an interesting year. Um, this again is another year where Mappa took on probably a little more than they could chew, although they definitely made it work. Um, one anime, I mean, they, the second season of Kakegurui also came out in 2019, which, again, was was really good. Um, but there were there were two that stick out in my mind in particular, um, and I don't know if you've seen either one of them, but I highly recommend both. Both are also co-productions. Um, mm. The first one, Dororo, is a co-production with Tezuka Productions, which is another which is the studio they did a co-production with for their very first anime, Kids on the Slope. Mm. Um, I think because both also, shows are based on Tezuka manga, right? Uh, Kids on the Slope is not. Oh, okay. Uh, Kids on the Slope is based on a manga written by Yuki Kodama. Oh, okay. Um, but Dororo is, a, is based on a manga uh, written by Osamu Tezuka. Um, it's also based on uh the original anime adaptation of that manga from the very 1960s. old manga 60s yeah um so old that it was in black and white 
Um, it is. Um, it's also super dark. It is a mm. super, super dark story, um, which is kind of crazy when you think about the era in which it was written. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it's 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 really good. It's something that really flew under the radar while it was airing, at least in the United States. And I think that's partially due to the fact that when it was airing, it was on Amazon Prime. That's right. That's right. Now I'm because I was thinking about it to myself. People were talking about this show, but it wasn't big. I was like, why wasn't it big in the at least in the Western anime community? But now, now you just reminded me of fucking Amazon Prime prison. <laughs> yeah, I th- this is really back. I, I think this is right before they before gave Amazon up on that Strike. whole thing. Yeah, it, well, it was Amazon Strike. Oh, excuse me, or one. Anime Strike, or whatever the hell they were calling it back then. I think that the season after this is when they stopped doing Anime Strike. Hmm. Um, and just like if you have prime video you can have all this stuff i'm like well that's all we fucking wanted in the first place um yeah dodo super dark uh i hesitate to call it a shonen because of how dark it is um yeah but it's another one of those things that I really highly recommend it if you haven't seen it um in terms of an anime remake which is essentially what dodo is um I, it's one of the better ones out there, in my opinion. Mm. It's it's very important to like as we we talking because, um, 2018 and 2019 were also kind of stacked for Mappa, but it's very like important to remind uh, everyone that we we talk about how the stacked those years were for them, but they still put out quality shows maybe not the like uh, some visionary masterpieces or something that's very much uh, the creation of a specific auteur or something like that but still good shows solid even great shows that yeah and it's it's worth mentioning that obviously we're not going super in depth with everything that they've ever made but the stuff that they have made was all mostly quality i mean yeah they had a couple of duds here and there but um at least they all looked good and they you know but it also all happened despite the fact that they were taking on a lot of shows at the same time and all like overworking the staff. That's that's the kind of it's kind of a yeah. miracle thing that we don't know how long it's gonna last for them, but it's it's definitely a thing to keep in mind. Mm. Um and something else that came out in twenty nineteen that they worked on that uh both myself and show did an episode by episode review of it which you can definitely find on our channel if you go want to look at it um is we we is an anime called sarah zenmai um sarah zenmai though specifically was uh, it was produced by them but they weren't that involved in actually creating it apparently that was more on uh, what was the name of the other studio? Uh, 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 um, the other studio's name is Lappin Track. Yeah, Lappin they... Track. I'm not sure how you're supposed to say it. As, as far as I could tell from reading up on it and checking some videos, it seemed like it. they did most of the heavy work in Sarah's and my. Yeah, and that, that may very well be. Mm. Um not to like to like not to detract from the quality of the show or Mappa's involvement, but it is very important to... It is, it is it is listed as a co-production i i can't really say one way or the other exactly how much was produced by each side mm. but they are listed as a co-producer so okay in some way or another it's definitely partially their work yeah. um but sarah zenmai is a um it's, a, it's an anime original work that was done by uh kunihiko ikuhara 
um, who is an animator who you might know from an anime known as uh, Mawaru Pinguindrium. Or Penguin Drum, or however the fuck you should oh, say it. Oh, I remember that, that really, movie. Yeah. Yeah, which is that crazy anime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very strange. He's, no, he's known for his very strange storytelling techniques. Um, and they're on full display in Sarah's Mai. It's, it's very much a... Um, I, I can't say in terms of like animation that i'm i thought i was watching something that was monogatari-esque mm. but i definitely think in terms of the storytelling i could see something like sarah zenmai coming from the mind of someone like nisio isen i remember like you that guys kind of weird gushing over that show when it first aired oh i i love sarah zenmai i still love sarah zenmai i mm. think it's definitely worth watching although like if you're going in expecting something that's going to be really straightforward in its storytelling it's not um it, it relies on you the storytelling itself relies on you as an audience member being smart enough to put some pieces together without being explicitly told them, which is something mm. I love. It's one of the reasons I love the Monogatari series because it doesn't assume that you're stupid yeah, and need to be told everything. Another reason why I love Zara's MI, but I can't say that it's a wholly serious story either. Mm. Also, I, I wrote down in the doc, I, I noted uh, they're, them producing the second season of, Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy because that's something that we'll talk about soon but it sort of showed how they were willing to pick up shows that weren't originally produced at least the first seasons weren't produced by them but you know it came back to well we need to create as much as many shows as possible because at this point in MAPPA's uh, life I suppose uh, they sort of again started pumping even more shows and were under the philosophy of well, we need to expand the anime industry even more by increasing the number of productions we'll take on, which will bring in more money, supposedly. Um, So you see that in how they're willing to take on sequels that maybe the original studios weren't able or willing to create at the time, um, which we'll come back to later. It's hardly a a unique um, story within the anime industry. That happens a lot with studios or with... um, well, with different studios taking on different seasons of an anime. I mean, mm-hmm. it happens from time to time. We even and did a whole episode a, on that, yeah. We did an entire episode about it, and you should definitely watch it. Um, <laughs> but And it happens for many, many reasons. Either the studio went bankrupt or isn't around anymore, or they're not willing to do it. They didn't think that the first you know season was profitable enough for them to do it, but the mm-hmm. they have a um, they have a production committee that still wants to make it work. Yep. I mean, there, there's many, many reasons. And, like, yeah, like you say, with Grand Blue Fantasy uh, Season 2, like, they were essentially tapped on the shoulder to do it by the production committee. And they're like, yeah, sure, throw it in the pile. And, again, what you what you said is I totally agree with it. It's not something unique to MAPPA. It's just they're very much uh, an interesting case. In and it's like they, they're like a reflection of the industry. It's like all, everything we've been talking about is very much a reflection of the entire industry. And not in a good way. It's kind of a shitty situation and but they still deserve credit for creating quality shows even though again like even though it's and again it's a reflection of the entire industry how much they're overworking overworking their staffs and taking on more and even more projects even though like it's been said many times there are more anime day animators in the industry and it's a problem 
Yeah, that is a big problem. And I think that, that studios like MAPPA, at least over the last couple of years, are the type of studios that are fueling this problem. Very much so, yeah. In 2020, though, even, uh, again, a lot of shows they've been they've picked up and produced. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna list them off. We're not gonna talk about all these, obviously, but I just want to list off all the anime that they made in 2020. Um, now, granted, you know, or well, I won't say they made in 2020 that were released in 2020. Um, but you have Uchitama, Doro Hidoro, Listeners, The God of High School, Mister Love, Jujutsu Kaisen. Although that bled into 2021, um, the gymnastic samurai and the final season of Attack on Titan, which again also bled into 2021. Um, I think obviously the two big takeaways there are probably well, Doro Hidoro was pretty popular. Doro Hidoro is um, also really just fucking great. I, I adore that show. If you have, you should definitely check it out. It's weird. It's really weird. Also, Someone really told good me it's CG. very JoJo's-esque. It's very bizarre for sure. Um, I love it for... it's. It has a really unique world. And it just throws you in there. And it's like, well, you'll pick up on what's going to happen like as the story goes on. And it's a really, really fun show. It's, again, uh, really great CG fights. Done mm-hmm. really well. And really fun cast of characters. I would definitely, che- would definitely recommend checking out the show. It's... It's it's great. It's awesome. It's weird. I love it. Um, but but, yeah. uh, but like but like you talked about, the Mappa taking on uh, new seasons of works that were started by other studios. I mean, probably the biggest thing going right now, at least, is Attack on Titan, mm-hmm. and that caused a huge controversy when that was announced. Because and, think about this though, yeah. Studio Wit was formed almost exclusively to do Attack on Titan, and then they gave it up, and Mappa took it over. So um, there were always going to be there were always going to be people that were you know sitting in the wings waiting to compare frame by frame the two studios and how they ta- tackle which is just shitty because I'm sure like the animators who worked on it were really were, like think about it you're you're creating a follow up of one of the biggest shows of all time and it's a beloved show and you have all of this pressure and anxiety over it like mm. like living up to that reputation it's like I I can't imagine the stress the the animators were under when they created it well it's funny you mentioned that because we actually have the words of, of an of an animator that worked on it um so back in may middle of may uh, <coughs> may 14th the, the, the series of tweets come from may 14th from a uh, freelance animator known as uh, mushio I, I before i go any further with this though i do feel i should say that as of the time of this recording the uh twitter account in question is no longer active um it's, mm. it's not around as far as i can tell uh, i don't know whether it was the page itself was deleted or it's just hidden um but um this freelance animator who had been hired by mappa for at least a little while according to him her it just says they so i don't know who this person is um or what this person is um mm. But they had been working on Attack on Titan, and basically they were documenting the horrendous, unhealthy work conditions that MAPPA were putting them under. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to read what it says here in this article. Um, okay. Uh, so it says, Mushio questioned their decision to work for the company, describing their experience of being asked to fix drawings over and over and over and over again until the sun came up as why they quit. 
They criticized MAPPA's decision to work on four shows at the same time instead of properly training its team so training its team so that such conditions would not be necessary. Mushio compared the work environment to a sweatshop where bottom rung animators were tasked with correcting issues instead of actually drawing. According to Mushio, their complaint wasn't unique. Quote, as far as I can tell, about 80% of the employees feel similar to me. Damn. Yes. Um, so that That's doesn't rough. paint a good picture about what it's like to actually work for MAPPA. Especially if they're treated... I mean... That, that's again to me one of the bigger problems in the anime industry and it's something we should probably talk about on its own is just how many animators are freelance animators and don't have permanent work placement mm-hmm. like they're bouncing around from studio to studio granted some some animators like that and they like the freedom that, that comes with and that's fine but there's so many of them that that don't want this they actually want to stay with a, a a a studio for a while and you know build a rapport there and you know maybe become a producer or a director at some point there are so many freelance animators and so few in-house animators anymore that i feel like it also fuels this problem of too many anime coming out yeah it's also like very interesting because while reading up on all of this it's i i didn't realize that there's also a lot of outsourcing that goes to animators from overseas who Mm. again like people are super passionate about this work but they paid next to nothing because this, these studios allowed themselves to pay them next to nothing because it's like, oh, they, they sort of exploit their love of the craft and the, the medium. And it's, it's really shitty because, like, there's only so much you can, like, ask from these people till you burn them out. And oh, for sure. It's they're not, of, I mean, th- yeah. the, the, the sad thing is that so many animators are treated as if they're machines, that they're never going to burn out, that they're always going to be there. And that's just simply not the case. Mm-hmm. Like, I, again, this feels like it's something that we should talk about in its own like episode because this is, I mean, as much as MAPPA is guilty of this, they're not alone in this. There are many other studios that do this. I mean, I would say a majority of anime studios are a lot like this these days, and it's mostly because of the amount of anime that's coming out. There's not enough time to make it for the animators that there are. Yeah. And again, um, it's it's really shitty because they they and even a, like a lot of studios, they create all of these wonderful shows that we love and adore. I mean, in 2020 also, um, MAPPA uh, released Jujutsu Kaisen, which is an incredibly polished show. It's really amazing what they did in terms of the production of it. But it's kind of in spite of the really shitty work conditions and how much they overworked their staff. It's kind of a miracle it turned out so well. It's it it's kind of it's it's kind of depressing to on the one hand really enjoy all of these quality shows but realize it's kind of on the back of really burnt out people. It is. It's you know? it's sad is what it is. And it, the thing is that I think a lot of this has to do with Japan's work culture. Like Japan has this work culture that you know, you burn yourself out because you feel like you owe it to your company. And I mean, far be it for me, someone who's not Japanese, to criticize how Japanese people run their businesses, but that doesn't seem healthy. Nope. Especially considering you're you're demonstrating a trait of loyalty for a company that would think absolutely nothing of replacing you five minutes from now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just for me, it's, it's an overall issue with the industry, but MAPPA does seem to be very guilty of it recently. Yeah, it's it's rough. But to kind of go on from that, um, 
where does MAPPA stand now? I mean, I feel like if we had done this four or five years ago, we'd have a very different opinion of MAPPA than we For currently sure. do. I, I feel like your opinion may be the same as mine. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like that MAPPA does good work, but they could do better if they just treated people well and were more picky and choosy about the stuff that they picked up. Totally, I agree with you. It's It's kind of, it's as a whole, I really wish the industry would change its course that it's been taking for so long and just maybe focus on less shows every season give give these shows more the time they need to be great and you know treat the workers better and pay them yeah you know it's it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy to say that but I don't think it's a whole lot to ask uh, but that's the thing I don't know how long can this can keep going i don't know how long they can like do all these really shitty practices until they just left with no animators you know i i it, there's got to be a bottom that's going to fall out eventually i don't know where that bottom is i i don't know wh- i don't know when the rug is going to get pulled out but i know if they keep going like this if we keep having more and more anime coming out every season with not more and more animators coming into the business eventually it's all going to fall down tumbling down tumbling down yeah, tumbling yeah god down. no god no ptsd <laughs> for sure um but looking forward to the future um by the time this airs the summer season of 2021 will have will have started um they do have one anime um i guess technically two anime um coming out in the summer that is a uh, remain which is an a sports anime about water polo mm. um they also have that's an uh, original right it is an original work yes hmm. they also have so chainsaw uh, man soon yeah that too they also have a anime called uh I, I don't know what the the japanese title is something like idaten deities in the peaceful generation i don't know um never heard of it it's apparently based on a manga um also got that coming out chainsaw man though is probably what a lot of people myself included are looking forward to a lot they also recently announced that they're doing a jujutsu kaisen movie also looking uh, forward to that which is a prequel to jujutsu kaisen they're also actively they've been working on the prequel movie to yuri and ice for what feels like forever wait it's a prequel yes it's called ice adolescence which apparently is going to follow a young victor around interesting um and they also very recently released um yasuke on that was a netflix original um which has very mixed reviews so yeah they're just chugging along with a lot of productions yes um Um, we'll see i don't know what the what the future i know what one thing the future definitely holds is chainsaw man and people myself included love that manga i'm really looking forward to watching it and experiencing that story i hope they it's gonna turn on well, uh, but yeah, the yeah. next few years are gonna be interesting for Mappa. And I, as we said, it's been—they just celebrated their tenth anniversary. It's—I hope they do well, but there's—I don't know. It's—it's kind of—it feels like a ticking time bomb for them and the entire industry when it all implode on itself, you know. Yeah, and it will, and you know, going forward, it'll be interesting to see what Maruyama's new studio, Studio M Two eventually gets up to uh there are they have worked on a couple of um uh productions as of the time of this recording they've worked on a collaboration with studio v- i think i don't know if you're supposed to say volan or voln um and they have also done uh 
an anime called Onihei, which is an adaptation of an old novel. Um, but one thing they have done, or not done, but they're planning on doing, or they're in the you know development process for, is an adaptation of uh, Pluto, which is a sort of spinoff story from uh, from Astro Boy, mm. which will be very interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, it's also... Yeah, I'm curious to see what Moriyama does next. Uh, the guy is really old, but still is very much like making cool shit. So that's yeah. that's good it's for also, him. It's also worth mentioning that um, one thing that Moriyama does almost all the time is come to an anime convention in the United States that's called right. Otakon, uh, which is one that I've gone to for the last few years. Um, obviously, he's not going to be there at this year's Otakon because they're not really having any international guests. At least they haven't announced any. And because of travel restrictions due to COVID in a lot of countries still, I'm pretty sure they're not going to have anyone from Japan, uh, which is a shame. Uh, but it, it's it's a convention that he's attended 15 times since 2001. Um, so I don't know why he likes it so much, but it, it's got it's good to see. Good for him. I, I wish we I wish we had more people from the the industry go to more anime conventions in the United States besides just like two or three of the big ones. Yep. But um, yeah, like you say, he's getting up there in age, so who knows how much longer he's actually going to be in the business. Um, he's been in the he's been in the business for fifty plus years now, so I mean, can't ask for much more from him, I guess. For sure. But that's it. That that's Studio Mappa as a you know as of today, uh, ten years on, it's definitely a different studio from when it started. Um, I can't say it's necessarily for the best. We'll see. Hopefully, again, uh, things will turn out okay. Maybe, maybe just maybe. I don't know what it would take, but maybe the Mappa and the rest of the industry as well will kind of take a step back re-evaluate what they want to do with themselves and how they want to treat their workers and just restructuring the entire industry. Maybe that's too naive yeah. of me to think, but to, until to that be happens... To fair, I mean, with, uh, with how, with how um, vocal some freelance animators for them have been recently, maybe it's going to be a way for them, you know, getting called out publicly. Maybe it'll make them change. Maybe, but again, a lot of these shows are really profitable. I mean, again, Jujutsu Kaisen was... Huge attack on, attack Titan. on Titan is huge. Chainsaw um, Man is probably going to be huge. Yep. And when the Jujutsu Kaisen movie will come out, it'll probably make a lot of money. Yeah, uh, Christmas Eve, twenty twenty one. There you go. So they don't have an incentive to change the ways, which is kind no. of unfortunate. I will say, man, maybe this is indicative. Well, this may be more indicative of the pandemic that we've just been through, and are still really kind of in. Um, but so far there's the only things that they have on the table for 2021 are Zombieland saga second season remain. And that other one that I talked about, who's has a really long name. Um, and, and maybe there's, wasn't that supposed to be in 2021? It, it doesn't, it doesn't have a release date yet. Everything is TBA with that. It mm. doesn't have a director, a release date, an episode count, nothing. Um, so for all we know, it could be 2022. Gotcha. Again, that's as of the time of this recording. That could change tomorrow, for all we know. Mm. Um, but, like I said, the only thing it really has on its plate going forward after the summer is Attack on Titans Final Season Part 2. Yep. We'll so see. Maybe, maybe this is indicative of them maybe cutting back a little bit and giving their animators time to work. Uh, I, 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 won't count I think it's it. more indicative of being in a pandemic for the last year and a half. But Yeah, I agree with that. 
uh, time will tell. Time will tell. Um, I think it's it's safe to say that you and I, at least so far, have been fans of their work, and I hope we get to see more good anime going forward. Yeah, again, like else. you and I, we both love a lot of their shows. It's just really disappointing and unfortunate that these shows that we love so much were made in, under those conditions. It's yeah, just, for sure. But again, not not necessarily unique to MAPPA. Uh, it's a lot of this industry works like that. It's just unfortunate. Really unfortunate. It does. It does. But with that, thank you for dropping in to listen to us gush about Studio Mappa. Check the description below to find links to Anime Club After Dark on Twitch, on social media, and on Discord. Check out our merch store and our affiliate links as well. Any purchases you do make there really help us out. Uh, with that, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Second night in tie. Good night, everybody. I'm going to go drop dead in bed. It's 3 a.m. I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs>